0: to crafting a revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I'm your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I'm bringing you interviews with female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Charlotte of at Charlotte's house. Um, gosh. Charlotte does quite a bit when it comes to just basically creating spaces in her own home for her family um whether that's like creating the pieces that go in the room or just like changing like the wallpaper and the tiling and uh, the paint of the room so um and she has she i i know she would agree with this she has a pretty um bold aesthetic uh so it was fun getting to chat with her because i really love those bold aesthetics even though You would not know it by being in my own house. But fun getting to chat with her. And I think you will all enjoy this interview as well. We definitely have uh, some laughs in there. Before we head on into the interview, though, with Charlotte, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the Revolution Pod Squad over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Annette at 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, uh, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom, Bonnie, Tool Mom Store.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Brandy Studio Obey, Lee, the Rainbow Carver, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. If you would like to get your name added to this list, you certainly can. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution and sign up over there to become a patron and get your name read off at the start of every episode. Also, just so you guys know, so it's been a bit now, been a minute since it's changed. The podcast has changed to Crafting a Revolution as a name and having new logo art and everything. So that means new T-shirts are going to be coming out at some point in time. Um, I have some ideas in mind for it and you know, perhaps try those out. And that means anybody who is a patron at the $5 tier or above will be getting a new T-shirt. So. Those of you who are in that category, be watching out for more um, announcements on that to come. All right. With no further ado, here is Charlotte. All right. Well then, Charlotte, I do start by having my guests introduce themselves. Will you do that for me?
1: Absolutely. My name is Charlotte Smith. I have a website and all the accompanying social media that goes with it. The name of my site now is at Charlotte's House, and I do home decor and DIY and try to keep it fun and colorful and approachable. And, um, I love it. This is a great job we have.
0: (laughs) It is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Well, I want to start with like a pretty big, broad question, which is, uh, tell me your, your story, like starting with like, where were you born, where you grew up? So how (laughs) did you get into doing what you're doing?
1: of love that question though, because it's, you know, you don't, you don't answer those questions like the last time is on a first date. So it's always kind of fun to reminisce. (laughs) This is like our first date, Katie. I like it. (laughs) Um, so I was born right outside of Washington, DC. I was actually born in Charlottesville, Virginia. No, that's not where I was named, but I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia. And I, um, I've always been sort of a creative person, but I certainly don't come from a handy family per se. I mean, creative, like my mom would, we'd make our Christmas presents. So I do think that like making was in my bones a little bit. Um, fast forward to college. I actually was a division one athlete. I played lacrosse, uh, and I graduated college, not really sure where I was headed. I knew I couldn't be a professional athlete because, You know, I guess now probably young women could play professional lacrosse but anyway that was not my future and I had graduated with a degree in art history and visual art so again there was sort of this creative thread but I didn't want to go work in a museum and I didn't want to be a painter so I stumbled into teaching and education, which kind of checked all of the boxes for me. I was working with elementary schoolers, but I just at the time, it felt so wonderfully dynamic where I was. There was a cerebral aspect to it because I had to plan my lessons and sort of think ahead. And then I loved being with kids and I loved teaching and. Um, and I mentioned that only because sort of the more I do this job of ours, the more I realize that teaching is such an inherent thread to all of it. Um, so I was a first grade teacher in right outside of Washington, D.C. for, gosh, four or five years. There were a couple of stutter steps, but then I decided I wanted to try something new. Cause that's the <laughs> gift of the 20 year old, right? Like I'm just going <laughs> to change everything. And I moved to New York city and I loved New York city. I didn't love what I had stumbled into. And I went back to graduate school and I ended up getting a degree in, uh, counseling. I worked in a school, so I was a school counselor and I did that for six years until, you know, in, in that time I met my husband and we got married and started having children. And then there was a point about. 10 years ago when it just, there were a lot of layers and, you know, our nanny got a job to work in like the Congo and, and my wonderful part-time job, they wanted me full-time. And I just, I tell people the universe sort of sent me a signal and I moved to Connecticut where we had, we had a house that we were sort of using on weekends and summers because we wanted to own real estate, but the city was still just bananas. And my husband grew up here. And I didn't really love the idea of leaving the city because I love the sort of inherent, inherent kind of grit, and I just love the culture and the color, and it just Connecticut's not quite this, not quite the (laughs) same. Um, But it's when we moved that I had sort of a, a a crisis of heart because I knew we had three children at the time, and I knew I didn't want to go back into counseling because there's just, it's, it's hard. They were little, they weren't in school yet. So I just knew that that wasn't the right thing for this chapter of our life. And so we had this old house and a friend said, well, why don't you write about it and talk about the move at the time? I thought I would write more about that transition from being a working mom to just like overnight becoming a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of writing. And she said, well, you know, I'm sure people would want to read that. And I kind of, started making things and doing things around the house. And I didn't realize that there was this world of DIY bloggers and granted it was a very new world. Um, you know, and I asked people on my Facebook page, like, what are some blogs that you follow? Cause I only knew, I tell people the only blog I knew was Perez Hilton. Do you remember mm-hmm. him? <laughs> <laughs> Not our niche. Mm-hmm. And people started suggesting, you know, they said, Oh, you should read this Young house love, you know these young whippersnappers, yeah. hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of followers, and I kind of, I, that's where I started. I, I had no idea, and I realized that I could do what I love and share the process. So there was a little accountability, and that's sort of where it grew. And now, as you know, the industry, you know, people aren't using, you know, little point and shoot cameras. That it's like a full photo shoot. And I've kind of, I feel like I'm growing with the industry, but a one step behind, I'm always the last to kind of figure out that like, oh, I should be editing my photo. Um, (laughs) And that's sort of where it started, but it's, um, you know, I, I still love it. I, I've made a billion mistakes. I've, you know, I've changed my direction, not entirely, but a little bit. And it's just, it's kept me on my toes ever since, but it's also been a wonderful way you know, I'm still at home with my kids and, um, you know, even though I might be doing work, they're still in the other room, which for me is a wonderful compromise. Um, so that's my long answer to your short question.
0: <laughs> it be a long answer. So don't feel, don't feel bad at all. Um, did you, I mean, did you think it was going to be, yeah, like a business? When you started? Like, was that did you feel like there was that intent behind it eventually?
1: You know, I think I'm gonna say yes and no. I I was very serious about it in the sense that I was post, you know, there was a time I was really following John and Sherry. I mean, I was like, what are they doing? Because there weren't too many other reference points. I mean, there were and there weren't. So I guess I was following my friend Carrie from making lemonade. So I sort of found people but I didn't know them and I didn't really understand their backstory so I just was sort of like what are looking to them as my reference point so I was there was a point when I was posting something every day and granted they were crappy junkie posts and there was a lot of crafts you know I had two two kids were quite young but you know I would do a little project with my older kid and it was you know, four people were reading it, but I do think from the very get go, I considered this my job. And I think there was more of a psychology to that than there was like, I needed something other than driving my kids around and being at home. So even Mm -hmm. though there was nothing about this that represented a job in the financial realistic sense, Mm -hmm. like for me, I needed to hang my hat on that hook. So I do think from the very get-go, I took this very seriously because I wasn't, like, I didn't need a hobby. I needed a job um, emotionally. And so, yes, I think I always made the time and treated this like something that had to get done. But no, I had no idea. I didn't know how you made money. I didn't know what any of that looked like. Um, And I'm still learning. So, I guess I treated it seriously, but I didn't have, you know, I have friends that didn't write a single post until they had figured out how this was going to make the money. What was this going to cost? You know, I started out on like a free, what is it, WordPress.com? You know, everything was free. I think I paid $20 to buy my URL. Um, But I sort of figured I'm not spending a ton. So just see what happens. And that's, I've sort of tried to figure out and grow with, you know, the size of my audience and the needs of the platform and and all of that, which is, which is fun. I mean, there's times when I feel like I don't know my head from my armpit, but I also, um, I like the challenge of running a business like this because I get the creative side of it. And, you know, there's also that business side of like editing photos and marketing and figuring out the website and when do you get help and when don't you, um, So yes and no, that's my answer. I'm sticking to
0: (laughs) it. I think that's, I I feel like I will perpetually be trying to figure it out until I either decide like I'm okay being comfortable being uncomfortable or like, screw this, I'm not doing this anymore.
1: Oh, 100%. (laughs) And I, I also think as the industry grows, there's so many more avenues for, um, you know, monetization. And obviously it's not all about chasing the dollar, but if we're working this hard on something, you want to see some sort of ROI return on investment. So, you know, like one minute it's writing a course and one minute it's selling product and one minute it's (laughs) like, you know, affiliate. So there's always something that someone is doing really, really well. And so I find that I spend a lot of time chasing, like, does this work for me? And you have to kind of go all in to figure out, is this going to work for me? And like YouTube is a great example. Do I have a YouTube channel? Yes. Did I work it really hard for six or nine months where I was posting a video every week? I did. And I've had some traction. I have some followers over there, but It's not, um, you know, right now, I don't have as much content that lends itself to YouTube. So I haven't posted for a while, but now I have a better sense of what that looks like. I know how to edit a video pretty efficiently. I know kind of what to do with the intro. Uh, You know, I sort of know the lingo. And do I really understand YouTube? Do I have traction? Not so much, but I, I feel like I at least understand the platform. And I feel like so much of this is trying things to the point where, you can say, okay, I gave it a good old college try. I would love that. Or that's not working. Or I think I can keep with it because I understand how to do it enough, that kind of thing, which is, you know, I think, you're always I think chasing so, something. Yeah.
0: I think that's a really good point though. So like, I think you went to Haven and I, I haven't gone to Haven, but I've gone, you know, to WorkbenchCon, con, which is it's, I'll call it, it's brother conference. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're super similar, same idea for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've been to that several years, and I always, I mean, I and listening to other uh, makers, podcasts, and stuff, and I always appreciate, like, they talk about, like, I think YouTube's a fantastic example. So I think of like the modern makers podcast and they talk about all the billions of things that they do to gain traction on YouTube. To me, the missing link is that's great. You have traction on YouTube. How does that make you money? I have no, like, I still have no idea. (laughs) Like, you know, I've learned it's like, it leads to brand deals if you can grow it fast enough and stuff like that. But sometimes I often wonder like is that really enough to sustain and is that like what I want to continuously do is chase like brand deals and I'm like you like I really haven't posted many projects on YouTube like I'm posting right now I'm posting two videos a week but they're podcast videos and that gets me like nothing on YouTube, but I'm posting it there mostly so that people who enjoy watching the podcast have that option to go watch it. It's not to actually get me anything in return. It's more for, for the audience, but even on Instagram, it's like, I have a, you know, I'm getting to a point where it's like, I'm getting a decent following. What does that get me? Like, (laughs) I know, (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, and, it's that my, the the voice in my head is always, how can I work smarter, not harder? Mm-hmm. And what I have found with these various platforms, which is a catch 22 is that, you know, for YouTube, if you get enough followers, there is a, um, the term is, but like you are getting a resting income, you know, your yeah. ad sales, you yeah. know, but that's, you know, I have, <laughs> little over 10,000 followers and I'm getting a couple hundred dollars a month, you know, which is not a lot. But if you, you know, you build that out and folks with 100, $150,000, they're getting, you know, a few thousand bucks every month. Like that's nothing. So it's like, okay, if you can get to that point, that's worth it.
0: Hey makers. So today's podcast episode is sponsored in part Alicia Van Osdahl who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design you can email alicia directly at alicia and that is a-l-i-c-i-a at basilblue.com or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action.
1: You know, I have a blog. Do you have a blog, Katie, or are you I, just on I social? Don't. I don't.
0: Yeah, I'm mostly just on social. I mean, I have a website, which I have posted blog posts in the past, Um, that's not my strong suit. I have learned to say like (laughs) writing is not, I enjoy it, but it's not my strong suit, so.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, so when I started, there was no Instagram there was mm-hmm. it, there was Facebook. Facebook was different. You know, you could mm-hmm. actually people would see what you posted. right? On Facebook. <laughs> but it was I was all a website. And so it was all about chasing the page views. And the thing about a website and page views is that, you know, I don't have to post a single piece of content. And my ads on my website are going to send me a check every month for, you know, whatever it is. Right. And That's something to me that is working smarter, not harder, because the website just because of my sort of evergreen content and the sort of cycle of Pinterest and that, you know, there aren't as many people going to websites. But for me, it's like, well, that is great. Like, I don't have to scale anything to make more money if I can just get more people. And so then, you know, what do you do? Do you do you lean into Pinterest so that more people are seeing (laughs) pins and clicking over? I guess, but, you know, when we've all been on Pinterest, you click a pin and nobody knows who at Charlotte's house is. They just know how to make like an arm knit blanket or whatever it is they want (laughs) to see.
0: Um,
1: Whereas like, you know, I could, I could flex really hard and try to get my Google score higher. So when people search for knitting an arm knit blanket, they And that, you know, I've heard from people that you can spend all your life trying to raise your Google rank by like two points. So that seems like, I don't know. So it's, there's always, there's always something that you can be chasing. And so it really is this perpetual kind of what makes the most sense for me now, given, you know, I have, Mm -hmm. we now have five children and they're home for summer and I have help, but it's still like not getting a lot done. So right, right. There's only. I also, you know, I've learned not to compare apples to oranges, you know, like looking at, you brought up the modern makers. Like I see what those guys are doing, but it's like, they eat, sleep and drink yep. and drink some more and drink some more yeah. like content and creation. And they're all together and they're, Extremely talented. I mean, they should have all these people watching them, but it's. It. I feel like when my when I get into my head and I feel discouraged, I just have to remind myself that that's a different playing field. Yes, and not that I will ever get to, right. you know, millions of followers, whatever they have. Um,
0: but it's just I mean, a different playing that's, field. <laughs> that's the whole reason that this podcast exists. It is a, it grew out of basically. Uh, my own, like, insecurities of comparing myself to all of these other makers, um, and, and even specifically female makers, and going, how the hell are they getting all of this done? Like, right. I don't understand it, and then realizing, like, oh, like, yeah, I got kids at home, <laughs> kind of, like, creates a whole new layer, and that's not putting down their success by any means. It's just saying, like, when trying to compare myself to that and feeling constantly falling short, I was like, oh, I bet there's other women like me out there who feel the same way. Sure, so why not start a podcast it?
1: Let's talk to them. Well, yeah. the irony of this industry is that you have to be aware of what people are doing around you, not because there's some obligation, but that's Like that's the most wonderful aspect is the community and seeing what people doing and being inspired and learning and grow, you know, it wouldn't have occurred to me to rip up tile in a bathroom and put down new tile if I hadn't seen other specifically female makers do it because it was like oh wait a minute, if she's doing it I guess I can try this, what's the worst that can happen, but you know, in doing that, you're also opening yourself up for like, oh my gosh, like that, that comparison. And it really yeah. is, um, you know, I, I think anyone who says they don't feel that, um, struggle would be lying. I mean, how can you not? Right. <laughs> right.
0: And I do think, um, Sorry.
1: I'm so mind. hoping that's like a child or a cat or something. That's it's, like a cat. Kind of, it's a cat. It's a cat. So
0: like, I'm like <laughs> pulling it closed. So I don't have to hoping the sound doesn't transfer. Um. <laughs>
1: you, is it like scratching on the door? Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. I don't hear it, but yeah, I love
0: good. it. <laughs> um, but I, I also want to like talk to a point and I don't, I don't know if you, you know, if you really, if you can specifically can talk to it, but like, I've struggled personally finding like what niche do I fit into because I've never like my goal is not actually in a lot of ways to like through YouTube or Instagram ever to do like a step-by-step teaching Um, and I just feel like because of what I do like power carving and and all of these different like finishes and stuff like that like it would take a lot of laying it all out to, to gain traction and to even understand if people care mm-hmm. enough to, to, want to like learn about that. And so like that's sometimes where I struggle of like I follow quite a few of you like DIY home space stuff and I value that when I'm doing projects around home, but that's not what I have grown into as a persona on, sure. on social media. And so it's like, I can't take the formula that you guys are using and apply it. Just take your formula and say, okay, if I do it exactly this way, I'm going to gain traction or I'm going to find I mean, my group of people. Cause I'm not like, it's yeah, just
1: a hundred percent. I mean, I feel like you're in my emails because one of the challenges that, that I have personally is that I I do a little bit of everything. And, you know, so one day I'll be doing a craft project. One day I'll be doing a decorating a room. And the next day I'll be building a thing for my miter saw. And and those are three different audiences, but I don't want to necessarily edit what I'm doing, because Mm -hmm. all of that brings me joy. And quite honestly, all of that is sort of naturally what I feel like doing, you know, there's not like a method to my madness. It's just like, this is what makes it fun for me. Um, and so I have certainly struggled with the same, and also my style is colorful and quirky. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm not going to get the same people as like, you know, I don't know, Chris loves Julia or Mm -hmm. someone like that. Um, So I've sort of, I've sort of reconciled myself to the fact that like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that my audience is going to niche down a little bit. Um, But one thing that's occurred to me of late is getting a better handle on like, who is my audience? (laughs) And, you know, I would make one hypothesis. Ironically, my audience, I have a ton of amazing friends in the space, but I would say the vast majority of my audience are not makers or DIYers or content creators. You know, I think they're women um, who are... My age are a little bit older, so sort of in their 40s. A lot of them talk about like their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's fun for them to see all the different things that I'm doing, which is wonderful. I mean, that's exactly why I want to be in this industry. But it's also, um, you know, what does that mean? So, yes, I'm entertaining. But so I'm entertaining to watch. But like right now, I'm between projects. So I'm not doing much. And I don't have people... I don't have a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs. Those eyeballs are going down, down, down in my algorithm because there's nothing for them, you know, and that's not on them because that's the Mm ever-knowing algorithm. Um, But I, I mean, I hear you and sort of the understanding what that audience, who that is, and then trying to figure out if I can tweak, not- not change, but tweak Mm -hmm. or just like adjust slightly, um, you know, that's sort of where I'm at and, you know, it's interesting. I would kill to have a better sense of like power carving. Um, (laughs) because one thing I've learned about, I don't naturally, I don't naturally naturally kind of start at the beginning because I'm personally not at the beginning, mm-hmm. but for someone who's never, you know, I bought one, I don't even know what you call Katie. What do you call the little doohickeys that you put on the end to like make, cause um, I had an, I, you know, you I bought a like grinder a
0: grinder or like a rotary tool. Is that what you're talking about? Like, a,
1: yeah, well, I bought like a, I bought a ball yeah, that I wanted to make. Bird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: And I don't think I have the right, I don't even have the right drill to put it on, but I was going to, I don't know. I was going to try something with something I had, but I, you know, like it's, I forget how, if someone's never done this, like even understanding like what grit sandpaper is, (laughs) um, you know, so you say like, I know what you mean. It's overwhelming, but like, I feel like you're the only one that's doing this stuff. If I were you, I'd dial it back and start at the beginning. Cause I bet you'd be surprised how many people uh, would stumble into say, that?
0: Funny you mentioned that ad break that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming out with um, virtual classes for oh, perfect. all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So You're doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going that I'm going to at least give it a try. See, right. It's true. <laughs> see what it, where it goes. If it lands flat on its face, then it's a lot of work, but it's still content that I'll eventually have um, to share in other ways um, and forms. But yeah, it's just, I think it's, um, it's definitely been a struggle. And, and I think, especially with the pandemic, like it definitely felt part of the reason I haven't put any projects out on YouTube is because it felt futile. Like I right. watched my YouTube views go down to like nothing <laughs> during like, the is, this
1: on, like, is yeah. anyone out there? I know yeah. I felt the same way. <laughs> But I, you know, I, my content is, and I've heard some people say that's not the, so what I was going to say is my content is so erratic that like one video is about using my cricket to make labels. Mm-hmm. And the next video is about building. And the next video is like a room tour. And I've heard a couple people say, it's hard for YouTube to understand your niche and YouTube wants to share content with, you know, within that niche. And that made sense to me. It's like, well, if I'm going to be sharing all over the place, then I have to be comfortable with the fact that YouTube doesn't know where to suggest me. I heard, yeah. yeah, I heard someone else say that's not true. Um, But it, I don't know. I don't know Jack about an algorithm, but it does make sense that it's like all of us fall into some category. And if they don't know what that category is, like it makes sense that that would be challenging. Um, But I know, I mean, when people are especially when you're in our world and you hear people post and they're like thanks you guys like 10k views in the first yeah. hour and you're yeah. like thanks you guys 300 views in the first 2 months like yeah, exactly. like <laughs> shout out to my followers oh. <laughs> i get it yeah <laughs> and then inexplicably i mean i've never experienced with the exception of one TikTok, the damn TikTok, which I didn't even want to get on. I've never had anything like, do you remember? You may not. Cause, but like back in the days, people would be like, oh my God, my website crashed because I had something right. go yeah, viral. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to like, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've never had quote anything go viral. I've had a couple videos on YouTube that have gained traction. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. they've gone viral, but they've, you know, they're definitely a hundred thousand views, which is right. uh, Unlike anything else, right. <laughs> um, so that you know, and then that's something else I get in my head about, like what is. You certainly can't plan for something to go viral, but they there's got to be something like the things that are yeah. easily accessible are what go viral, and that um, I don't always think that way because no. I'm excited <laughs> by the challenge. You know right. what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, it's just like to me. It, totally boggles my mind it really truly does that what people have grasped onto on my Instagram is like my once a week dance videos I'm like really like like, there's nothing educational about this there's nothing like whatever about this and I'm like, and I'm not a great dancer, so I don't understand like why people enjoy this. I'll keep. I'm like, all right, I'll keep doing it if it's yeah. I mean, that's entertaining. I, I mean, <laughs> I
1: think for that, it probably must be like there's just a sense of whimsy and fun that I don't know must right. make people feel happy nowadays. But for me, for a while, the number one post on my blog was a throwaway post I made about how to clean. Uh, clothing iron and it was like vinegar and baking soda or something like there was no magic to it and a bunch of the sort of you know buzzfeed type sites Mm -hmm. picked it up and so it kind of it I wouldn't say it blew up but it was you know so whenever someone would say well go look in your analytics and like take the top five posts and see what do they have (laughs) in common and I was like this my top post there's nothing creative. There's nothing clever. Right. There's nothing there's three <laughs> photographs that are the same photograph, like cropped in different ways. I was like, that's not helpful. That's just a one off, right. Um, which was, and then my, you know, my next popular one, I just happened to like fall into the perfect SEO triangle. You know, it's the best ranked post on my, and it's about like rewiring an old chandelier. Like, how do you recreate that? You don't. <laughs> You know, meanwhile, the stuff that brings me the most joy and I'm most proud of, <laughs> it's like crickets.
0: Yep. No, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so I think that, that I leads into, you know, maybe a, a question or conversation around building community. Like, I know that's where I've definitely focused more um, just because it's like, fine, if I'm, if, if I only have 500 followers as long as they're like fun people like me then that's great like we'll just make the most of what it is and have a good time together type of thing um and so been more focused on like not not necessarily the numbers though yes of course I think all of us fall into that trap of looking I at know. numbers um but trying to be like okay are they quality? Like, I'd rather have people who interact with me and want to ask questions and like, you know, want, want more than just like to hit the heart as they're scrolling through. Um, so how do you build that?
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, I agree with you. I think numbers, it's always both. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'd love to keep growing, but I don't know. I think, um, I think I sort of fell into a community without realizing I was doing it. And I think what I, you know, I'm, we are the worst observer of ourselves, Mm -hmm. but what I would like to say I have done without realizing it has just been, there was never a, like an online persona, not to say that people are like playing a part, but I do think it's easy to fall into the public public, private. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think I was doing this. I started this when I was a little bit older. I think the minute you have children, you know, half your ego is just dumped at the door to begin with. (laughs) And so I sort of fell into this and I didn't really have time to shift gears and code switch. So I just kind of, I was who I was and I wanted to have fun And I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't love the perpetuation of perfect that happens in our industry. You know, I didn't, I I didn't love the idea that like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. My house is such a mess as they move like a coffee cup into the sink. Cause I just was like, I can't believe that's true. You know, I just can't (laughs) believe that's true. And so it's a business. So I'm not going to like, I I am trying to keep things in line in that regard, but I didn't hesitate to like, I'm not putting on makeup before I get on my Instagram stories. I Mm -hmm. did for you though, Katie, thank you very much. (laughs) Um, I didn't, there were just things that I was like, I don't have time for this. And so I think as a result, I think because I was hopping on with a modicum of sort of authenticity and quote realness, I think people who wanted that stuck around. And so Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't sugarcoat things. So when, you know, challenges hit our family, I shared about it and talked about it, you know, without, without divulging, you know, I am conscious of just privacy. And I think about, you know, what would my, like, I'm not going to show my kids having a temper tantrum because when they're 12, that's embarrassing. Um, So, you know, I think for as far as my followers, I do think that that was something that they came to appreciate. And so it's just sort of, you know, a round peg and a round hole. And then as far as the online community of makers, um, you know, I do think I've made, I don't know, you naturally just find people that you enjoy. I think um, I do love those connections and I try not to... You know I leave com I sort of know what people are going through, so if I can leave a comment i will if i can if I have an hour to be on instagram i'm going to try to interact and engage and comment and you do naturally sort of find people that are going through the same things or think mm-hmm. the same way or you're just naturally amused by um, i also i've been doing this for a while um, and so you can't help but of meet people places like haven and workbench con the minute you meet someone in person all of a sudden this sort of online rapport that you've had becomes real which is sort of a magical wonderful aspect of the industry um and i try even when i'm feeling insecure or jealous or kind of comparing i do try to like step away from that and fundamentally celebrate other people's wins, um, which I think is another challenge is like mm-hmm. being happy for people, but also being like, dang, I want that to be me. And, right. you know, the one thing, <laughs> the one thing I took away from my masters and my training as a counselor is that like humans are capable of having two emotions at once. And so we can, we can, right. Be jealous. I mean, that's sort of a crass word, but I think that's yeah. that is what it is. Like you can be jealous, but also so happy for someone. And so I try to be okay with that because the jealousy is about me, not yeah. about them. Um and so I do fundamentally believe that a rising tide lifts all ships. I I fundamentally believe with a capital F that it is my job as a white female creator to celebrate and lift up creators of color you know, creators that come from different backgrounds. So that's something that I am always trying to do beneath the surface um, or more Mm -hmm. vocally, Um, you know, and so I don't know. I think all of that, all of that is not coming from a place of like, who do I have to contact or who do I DM (laughs) to get a bigger account? You know, it's all coming from a pretty um, authentic place, which I think you know, if you're coming from authentic place, you're going to reach an authentic group. I hope.
0: Yes. What do you think? I, think? I think it does. I think it does mean. I think it does mean slower growth. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it means more valuable growth. Um. And yeah, I think like I've definitely leaned in. I, have I've definitely leaned in on making it a priority to use whatever platform I have to share and celebrate people of color, people from marginalized communities, LGBTQ, all of that, as much as I can, Um, because I do think it's like as, and, and sometimes maybe that's why it's hard for me to to see my success going slower than I want it to, because part of, to me, my own personal mission is as I grow, I intend to bring as many folks along with me as I can. And so it's, it's not just like success for the sake of my success. It's like, well, I'm white. So like I have like a privilege that others don't just by the, color of my skin um and so if that gives me a leg up I want to pass that leg up to everyone around me and bring them with me and so it's like I'm sometimes I get in my own head and and it's like well I'm disappointing them because I'm not getting high enough fast enough to bring people along with me um so that it's like my voice isn't loud enough right now even though I try to tell brands like it's my own personal mission to go out and tell brands like, oh, here are some uh, women of color that I think you should totally incorporate into your campaign, you know, but they're not going to listen to me because I'm small potatoes, but <laughs> I'm trying. So, yeah, but you know,
1: and that's, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. And I think, um, you know, but I think every person that asks that question is another notch on the wall of progress hopefully and you know I think I think we're in a an interesting time where all of this language and discussion um it makes it very easy for people to very quickly kind of pick a side so Mm -hmm. to speak and you know our brains naturally want to categorize and there is safety in sort of being steadfast in identity and knowing which corner to stand in. But I also think that has meant that we are not great at um, engaging in the, the muddy gray area in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, something that I try to, I I try not to be too um, polarizing in, my language, although there are definitely some deal breakers. I mean, there's lines that 100% can be crossed. But, like, an analogy that I always give, because I think the minute folks start talking about privilege and representation, you know, I do think there's a switch that clicks off for a lot of folks that are like, oh, I know where this is going. But I, you know, when women were given the right to vote, it's not because a bunch of women stood in front of the courthouse and were like, we want to vote. It's because a group of white men who were the ones in power said these women need to have the right to vote. And so um, I feel like this is a complete non sequitur, but that's, I sort of tell myself that, um, you know, it's, it's always going to be up to me to speak up and eventually there's going to be enough voices. Um, and that's a decision that I made. Like would I have an extra 10,000 followers if I chose differently um, Possibly, sorry, right. we have UPS pulling up. So oh, if you hear yes. yappy dogs, <laughs> that's why. Um, possibly, but like, that's not, I'm not gonna make that choice right. to your point. Like yeah. I could never not say something and who knows if it makes a difference. And maybe the brand says, Ugh, "I like what a pain to work <laughs> with her. Right. But like, then I play it out and it's like, well, I don't, I don't know that I wanna work With a brand that hears my, I'm not saying it in a controversial, like, you know, like I'm not trying confrontational way. I'm just saying, Hey, Hey, boo, what's your representation like for this campaign? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I, because I know that my mission is to kind of be level-headed and clear with all this. I also know that if someone reacts to what I'm saying, it's not because of how I'm saying it if that makes sense. Um, oh, yeah. and so yeah. that's, um, you know, that's, I, but I know exactly what you, what you mean. And it's, it's, it's hard not to look at folks that are just growing in leaps or bounds and not sort of wanting that, but then, you know, I don't do, I don't do giveaways mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know it's it's easy to make that feel like an excuse too for like why my numbers aren't higher but all i can do yeah. is you know we just my kids are fed most days and
0: Hey makers today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com at toolmomstore.com you can find any and all tool based merchandise for all genders all sizes they've got mugs they've got shirts all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag would her on it and I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well um, and also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast At checkout, if you enter the code MAKERMOM, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action.
1: So yeah, I don't know where we were, but I I totally agree. And these are all a series of choices. And, you know, I have to be comfortable. Another thing that is like a nice, it's a random question that I sort of think about whenever I'm in my feelings about all this is like, if I were to get hit by a truck truck, tomorrow, like what would my legacy be? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of folks in, you know, the, the global like industry of influencer who make a billion dollars. And I don't, I would love to make a billion dollars too. So I, it's, it's hard to say this without sounding like I'm putting their success down, which I'm not, but like, I don't want to be hit by a truck and have someone look back through my content and be like, oh my gosh, like I knew who was having a sale every day for the last 365 days. You know what I mean? And like, (laughs) they're making money hands over fist. And so for them, that's amazing. And they have a different, again, not to take away from that, but for me, that doesn't fill my bucket. Um, It might fill my bank account, but like, it doesn't feel- You know, like every minute that I'm on my phone is a minute I'm not with my kids and I would rather be doing, you know, I'm doing junk half the time, but like (laughs) learning to make things and learning to build and making our house nicer and sort of like, that is what for me is why I do this. Um, And so it's helpful to remind myself of that. Like, what am I, what is my legacy? Have I taught people something? Am I making a difference in this world? And, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. most days I can sort of land on like, yeah, I feel good about what I learned personally, what I shared professionally, blah, blah, blah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So I suppose I should ask a question that like it deals with what you do for making. Um... <laughs> oh, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you have mentioned a couple of times like you feel like your style is a little bit, I think you use the word quirky, um, or colorful, like, where do you think you get that influence from? I mean, personally, I like following your stuff because you do use a lot of color and stuff like that, like that stuff I'm into, but.
1: You know, um, I'm sure the easy answer is that sort of the environment I grew up in, certainly not quirky, quirky, but like, colorful like when i you know when i grew up there you didn't there weren't neutrals you know mm-hmm. like i'm a child the 70s 80s you know if you if you ever gone back and looked at the first season of design star it's they were not afraid of color so i right. do think <laughs> that this sort of more neutral style that we're in sort of scandinavian like i do think that's more recent i'm sure there were neutrals when i was growing up but you know i just i grew up around Color and pattern in a more traditional sort of New England mm-hmm. sense, you know, that kind of preppy thing. Um, and then I think when I started doing it for my own, it took me a little while to settle into a style, um, you know, because I would go on Pinterest and I'd be like, oh, that space looks great. That space looks great. That space looks great. Right. They couldn't <laughs> have been more different. Um, but I think for me, whenever I had a choice, it always felt too easy to sort of fall back on whatever that neutral iteration is. It was always like, yeah, I could do like a gray chair, but it's like, or I could do like a blue and green. Like (laughs) like I always, it was, it was too much fun not to do. It was too much. The color was too much fun. I had to do that. But then, you know, there's another thing that happens is that um, I was just talking about this with our, you know, Sam, right? DIY Huntress. I was just talking about this the other night with Sam. So like, I've had a lot of wonderful feathers in my cap, but the things that I, I think the reason I started this or I should back up. The things that are most, um, that make me feel best are like when when a magazine shares one of my photos, that pays me zero dollars. There is very little benefit from that but there's something about sort of the affirmation from, you know, an industry um, elite that feels really, really good. And there's plenty of people who don't, won't have that opportunity, but they probably have 10 times the followers. I do make 10 times the money But I do think on some level, I like the challenge of being unique and being different and Mm -hmm. being sort of recognized for those differences and I think that has probably been in my personality, my whole life I'm an oldest child so I think I was always trying to kind of stand out from the pack a little bit and so I think when you fast forward to design. that's always my goal. You know, it it always makes me laugh when this thing blew up on TikTok, people were like, or you can see behind me, I painted my room this green. I love it. It's crazy. I didn't paint it green because I thought the universe would enjoy it. I painted it green because I wanted to like stop people in their scroll and be like, oh my God, like not necessarily because they loved it, but I wanted, like, I want to be noticed for the choices that I make. And when I'm designing my home, the first thing that always goes through my head is like, how can I go a step further? Like, how can I, how can I flip things upside down a little bit? How can I swing for the fences? How can I not be safe? Like, is this safe? Does this feel typical or does this feel like something that people are going to be like, oh my God. And I will always try to fall into that. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes it's going to be like, you know, a barf emoji and sometimes it won't. Um, but that's my, my goal is to be, to be different. Um, and again, I'm sure some psychologists could unpack that. Is it because I grew up in a very sort of like white stereotypical world. And so I'm looking for ways to stand out from the crowd who knows. Um, (laughs) but I've always sort of had that as like the, you know, the ice below the surface of the iceberg is like, how can we be different? I also, for me personally, like, it's more fun when you're doing things that are crazy and quirky and like Mm -hmm. painting a, painting a Billy, the big mouth bass, or like, there's a, there's a fun to that and a curiosity to it all that I think is, is in there as well in that soup. Um, and then you know, I'm sure you found the same thing. The more you do things professionally, the more you do sort of settle into like, oh, I guess this is, I guess this is my thing. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: once you identify kind of what is your thing, it, it becomes sort of fun to kind of just work within that Mm -hmm. niche that you've created for yourself. Um, But, you know, to your point, that's, Every decision I make like that is narrowing that pool yep. of people that care that care what I'm up to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I mean, yeah. I mean, I totally get the color cuz I pretty much every project I add color and it's never like it's never muted. It's never naturals. It's, right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's like I love making, you know, I love making a piece of wood be like bright purple and people being like, what? Like, why? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that." I mean, that is, I absolutely love that. Um, so, but I have to ask, have you, have you like ever redone a room because you're like, nope, I can't like too bold or just, you know? I mean,
1: yes, not as much recently. I do think the more I do this, the more I sort of settle in, but I'm trying to think of like, there is never not a time when I look back through things I've done on my website. I mean, even like a couple of years, I'll look back and be like, Oh, that that was a lot. Um, there's definitely projects that I look back on or like styling decisions. There's often There's often rooms I look back on at this point in my career where it's like, I like the bones of that, but I would have, you know, there was too much going on. I would have brought it back. You know, I would have edited or, um, but as far as a room overall that I just was like, I can't, no, not, not immediately, you know, Mm -hmm. after a couple of years, anything can get old. Yeah. Um, this I'm this green I'm curious about. Um, I love it, but I, it's, you know, it's, have you ever painted a room and you love it? And then a couple of years later you paint it white and you're like, Oh <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's just a, paint.
0: It's just paint. It's just paint. Yeah. I am so like painting falls pretty close to the bottom of the list of things you could pay me to do. I am just not a, I am not a big paint fan. Um, and not say I love
1: doing it. Yeah. I didn't say I love doing it, but as far <laughs> as like a budget, yes. it, like I will suck up a day of my life because of the impact it can make. So in that <laughs> <Right>. regard, <laughs> I'm in.
0: And I think I need to buy into that more because I think all of the homes that we have lived in, it's Except for the kids' bedrooms that we've always like painted whatever you know they wanted, what color they wanted. Um, the rest of the house has always stayed like whatever we bought it as. <laughs> like, we, so just have, we just is like nope, just That's not so taking the time.
1: The <laughs> so one thing I have learned, present room excluded, is I guess there's a room in our first house that we ever bought. There was a green that I saw. I think I saw it on Pinterest and I painted the living room, this green. And at the time I thought it looked great and, you know, it does look cute, but now I look back and I'm like, that was, it just was, I, I have learned that I, in general, I will paint every wall white because then it's a lot easier for me to come in with, all the other stuff that can be changed around. And my stuff is so bright and it's, you know, so that has been one thing that I've sort of learned makes life easier because then I'm not in a position of like, oh, now I have to spend a day and paint this room to change it. Like if the room is white, then I can come in, swoop in and swap out curtains and furniture and rugs and artwork. And it's, you know, that's a much easier, uh, you know, undertaking.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, well, Charlotte, we're actually, like, at the end of our time together. Um, it went super fast. I know, but... I
1: told you, adult conversation.
0: Are you going to workbench con Katie? Will we see
1: each other in person?
0: Uh, the plan is yes. I okay. won't lie. There's a little bit of back and forth going on with it. But, yeah, the plan is yes. Um, I'm supposed to be doing power carving demos, so. Oh. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, well, I suppose totally I else...
0: probably should go, but... <laughs> We will see. I will say some of it depends on, you know, pandemic and all of that stuff uh, definitely plays a role into that. Yep. Um, but I want to give you a chance again to, to let people know like how they can find you and follow along with you.
1: Oh, sure. Well, you can find me on my website, which is at charlotteshouse.com on Instagram, which is the word at so at at Charlotte's house. And I'm now on TikTok. I'd love to have some friendly faces over there because they do not like my green paint. But I'm at Charlotte's house on TikTok. Um and then YouTube. Um, you know, one day I'll get back into that, but at Charlotte's house there as well.
0: Okay. And I will just say you are not alone. Like to me, TikTok is just like, I don't know. It's like the mean trolls from Reddit have found me over on TikTok. So.
1: Well, it's, it makes sense because on TikTok, they don't follow me. They're just whatever is showing yeah. up in there for you, page. But I will say I went from zero to like thirty five thousand in a month because of right. this one video. And, you know, people are like, oh, don't interact with the troll. And it's like I'm not, if someone doesn't like my green paint, that doesn't hurt my feelings no. whatsoever. So I'm going to engage with you about being an infant because the emoji barf is not like, that's not how grownups communicate. So I'm happy to have that <laughs> interaction all day long. Um, and actually the video that was viral was some floating shelves, um, but people didn't like my wallpaper. But again, like I'm not worried about what you think about right. my design. Right. First of all, I'm living here. Second of all, I do have enough I do have my my resume at this point is robust enough that I'm not too worried about you know at Perky two five nine on TikTok's opinion you know right like if the if the editors at HGTV magazine are cool with my wallpaper then guess what Perky two five (laughs) nine like you can take a hike that's Um, right
0: (laughs) on that note
1: on that note that's (laughs) right. (laughs)
0: Well, thanks for chatting with me today.
1: Thanks for inviting me. This has been super fun.
0: Yes. All right. So again, that was Charlotte of At Charlotte's House. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her and see what fun, new, crazy things she's up to in the description for this week's episode. So you can find that on uh, whatever podcast app you listen to this on, or if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, check the description down below there will be a link there as well. All right, so if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you uh, rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast app you listen to this on. And please share with your friends about the podcast. Let them know that you're enjoying learning all the stories of these awesome makers and that you think they would enjoy it as well. All right, when I'm not making podcasts, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor over at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings on all the social media platforms um, active on a daily basis over on Instagram so come on over say hi say you listen to the podcast I always enjoy hearing that all right it is the end of the week I hope you all have a fantastic weekend ahead of you and as always let's go craft a revolution her, their, they got something they want to say Solution for the toxic masculinity. pollution Is the constant evolution of the brain